Hello, my name is Israel. I've been involved in hip-hop since the 1980s as an artist, producer, radio show host, journalist, documentarian, magazine editor, hip-hop advocate, and pundit. Over the years, I've interviewed hundreds of interesting people in music, media, and more. Welcome to Sounds from the Underground, the podcast from Insomniac Magazine, where we learn from both those who reside below the surface and those who've breached it. Well, yo, this is Dan Uno, and you check it out at Samiac Magazine right here, 2018. One love. We have the amazing Dane Uno. What's happening, what's, Dane? How you doing? What's, what's up, what's up, what's up, people? What's up, my brother? How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, good doing good, man. So uh, we have a common friend, I believe, by the name of Cool Keith. Yes, sir. <laughs> 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 you so, have uh, many names. You got many indeed, names. Indeed, the man of many <laughs> names. So let, talk to me a little bit about um, how you first started working with Keith, and then I want to go into your background a little bit. How you, how you first meet and start working with Keith? I met Keith years ago back up in Hollywood. I was out there uh, hustling my music, um, trying to get a deal, doing what I do. And uh, I was on the boulevard, and a uh, dude came out of... Popeye's chicken, he looked like Cool Keith, and I was he was right in my, my path and my direction. And I walked past him, I was like, man, do you look like Cool Keith? He was like, I am Cool Keith. I was like, man, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I am. And I was like, man, you like a legend, yo, take me to the studio. And he was like, okay. And the rest is history. <laughs> there you go. It was just like that. And we made some songs up in North Hollywood, and um, I ended up coming to Chicago, man, and... uh I came to New York and I lost contact with Keith. And then um, so years later, I ran into him again, got his number, I called him. His voicemail said, "This is my. I got nine different numbers. This is one of them." Right. Message. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and Keith. And I ran into him again. I was actually about to leave New York, and it was my birthday. And he was like, "Brother, I need you in the studio." And that's when we did Houdini, and he, like. That first, that first time back in the studio, and it came out on vinyl. Nice, very nice, man. <laughs> so, where you, where are you from originally, yeah. Dane? Chicago, South Side, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, so you've been moving around. South you were in Chicago, Hollywood, New York. <laughs> I was doing so much in Chicago. It was like at a, it was a crazy time. I'm from a crazy era, but it, I was just in a crazy place. Like mid '90s, early '90s, I was in Chicago doing my thing. Right, right around the same time as my my classroom. I just wasn't in New York. I came to New York when I was 19. They tried to get me to stay. I was over at Arista Records, but I was young. I was a kid. I I couldn't stay in this city by myself. I didn't, I didn't know nothing about it. It was too big for me. I had to go back to Chicago and get a little more groomed to, to come back and take on an animal like New York with my music, especially alone. Indeed. So it was it was pretty much in that order, and I, I pretty much know everybody in Chicago in the same era from, from Twister to Crucial Conflict to to Common Sense, to, to, to Lupe Fiasco. Like, all of those are my peers in the business in the, in the, from Chicago. You know, I always turned eight. So it was always a part of me, always in my life, but it was the fact that I had to get out of Chicago to actually make some noise. It's hard to get out of the city. And everybody I know that actually did something that went out of the city. You know, everyone left, but did something elsewhere to create 
some type of movement outside of where they were from. And, you know, it, all that did was just brought it right back home and expanded their entity. So I had to do the same. I had to get out of town. You know, you got that old adage that you want to lock down your backyard, but sometimes you got to leave to make things happen outside for your hometown to recognize you, right? Indeed, indeed. And it was, like I said, it was a crazy time because I had, I had dropped the album called Digital Game in 2009. Mm-hmm. And the reason I dropped that album because the, the business was just going so digital. Like, you know, you didn't really, you know, I, was, I left at a time where a lot of younger artists didn't have to leave because they had the, the YouTubes, the Twitters, and Facebook to kind of, you know, uh, magnify what they were doing. Like I said, I came from a different era, but I was still, you know, doing what I'm doing as a, still a new artist. Within the, the era changing, with the, the new movements changing, I'm still a new artist within that. So I, I still have my my ties back home, but I need to have the ties with the classroom that I was in, even though I'm still a new artist. Who inspired you and, and how you go about getting into the game? I, well, um, man, I go back. Like, I was actually a kid, man, with my... Before my grandfather passed, um, Curtis Blow was in Chicago at uh, Washington Park doing a show. And at the time, I didn't know who he was. I was I was a kid. I, I thought he was just somebody from Chicago. Everybody knew him. <laughs> and, and he was performing at a festival in the park. He was doing these out of breaks. And everybody knew the song. I, I mean, I, I knew it partially from the radio, but, I mean, the cops, the people, everybody out there knew this song and he went he had an all white i'll never forget it he was like let me see if i could break like i used to curling all and he started breaking on the stage wow. and i never seen nothing like that before and i was like man what 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 is this and um when we were leaving when we were leaving that festival it was some guys like on 60 it was like 63rd and um in college grove we was on it was like a bunch of dudes right there breaking right there like 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 I see in New York, like you would see in New York in the early eighties, that's what they was doing right there, like going at it with it. The dude spinning the dude on top of his head and everything. And there was another kid out there rapping and that was my introduction to it, like actually seeing it with my own eyes. And then my pops had moved to New York and he was 'cause he was working out here doing uh with telephone companies and he was sending me clothes from New York that I couldn't get so I would wear this stuff too. And people go, you know, where do you get that Nike jacket? Where do you, where do you get that shield? I call like, because <laughs> it'd be, you know, the stuff here is be is custom and different. You couldn't get those 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 um black market clothes in Chicago. Right. Like that. So that was another draw for me to always want to want to want to come and introducing me to hip hop. My my pops was telling me about Lord Finesse. Yo, check out Lord Finesse. Check out Lord Finesse. Yeah. He don't, he don't stop rhyming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not until I took it serious, I probably was like in, in sixth grade in grade school, that movie Breaking came out. I didn't I didn't see it till later, but a friend of mine was telling me about Ice-T rapping, and I was like, I didn't even know what it was called, really. I, I didn't even know what rapping, it was called rapping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, yo, Ice-T was rapping. I'm like, Rapping? What do you mean rapping? Talking? He was like, no, he was rapping. Because I always was taught rapping was somebody talking to you. Like, you know, my pops said, let me rap to you. He, he, want, he want to talk. He ain't about to sing a song. Like, 
So I'm thinking rapping was talking. Right, right. <laughs> Until I seen Ice T doing it, I'm like, oh, that's rapping. So <laughs> that's when I actually knew what was rapping. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to do it. And and um, the person who probably made me feel I could do it was Eric Sermon because he talked with that list. Mm-hmm. But when I heard he could rap, with that list, he gave me the confidence of of me because I got a slight list. I don't know if you can hear, it, but I I always had a slight list, and and I can hear it. And it's 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 like when I heard Eric, I knew I could do it. By the time I heard Keith, he blew my mind away when I seen Papa Lars. That mm-hmm. that video when I see it was like a movie. Mm-hmm. And, and and from 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 that point it was almost like this is the most dangerous MC I ever heard, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's only a blessing for me to come up under that umbrella super dope for me. <laughs> Indeed. You know, to be walking up the street, walk up in the cool key, but I am so in my world, I'm thinking it's gonna look alike or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it was actually him. So it's like, you know, Things that, you know, things coming like you know, it's meant to be. It's gonna, it's gonna be right there for you. So, Indeed. those are one of the things in my in my life that I know. Like, if that was that happened, then it's meant for me to do what I'm doing. It's just, you know, that that's uh, you know, not to discourage myself or anyone else. I don't like to see people get discouraged with, when they come across certain things in life and they don't take the path or they go another way because they're afraid or scared or, or don't want to, you know, it's because this is a hustle, it's a grind, it's, it costs to be in the business, it costs to stay in the business, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard and, you know, it scares people, but, you know, I use it as energy, I use it as a reason to keep going and, you know, I get distracted with other things too, but I got to just use it and challenge it as a, as a positive energy to keep going where I want to go. So that's what, that's what I kind of, Harness, harness my 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 drive from. Nice. When did you first start recording? First started recording with uh, Doug Infinite from mm-hmm. um, from uh, with No ID. Um, Doug Infinite had a studio like maybe ten minutes from my house. I was like fifteen. I could ride my bike over there. Mm, wow. <laughs> so I ride my bike to the studio, and uh, Doug Inf and I was in a group at the time called Ill Grill, mm-hmm. and my partner was uh, Derek the Wrecker, Ill Wrecker. Mm-hmm. And I, I I went to the studio first and brought, told Derek about it and brought him up there, and I didn't really know how to produce or nothing like that. Doug would actually try to teach me how to produce my own records and tell me to put my own records out and talk to me like I was 40 years old and I didn't know what he was talking about. So he, wow. he, was, he, he, would, he would, but he was teaching me valuable things that I know like the back of my hand today. But at the time, I didn't understand the language. I, I didn't understand what he what he meant. But what he meant was he was teaching me how to be an independent artist. He was mm-hmm. teaching me how to make my own music and put it out there if I didn't have any other avenues to, to, to put it out. So I didn't I didn't know what he was saying then, but he mentored me and my as well as Derek. I was Finding myself going up there a lot, and he had a skate shop up there too. So I like to skate clothes. So I get little clothes from from Thug and 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 try to learn more about making making and producing music. Coming coming from that into into coming under Cool Keith, it was just another form of mentoring 
in in my later in my later years in hip hop in my more professional prime time years so from somebody so diverse it's like he he took me in a different range of thinking like mm-hmm. you know i can't i don't have to just do certain type of records to please certain type of people. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you you make music. You you get on anything. You get on. I always felt like that, but it's like in the back of your mind, you're like, you got to stick to these rules. You got to stick to these these guidelines. You got to stick to these boundaries, or it ain't hip hop, or it ain't it ain't it ain't boom bap, or it, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, they won't accept it. Like, you know, at the same time, I come from boom bap. I come mm-hmm. from hip hop. That's that's mm-hmm. my roots can't limit yourself to be limited to only this. It's like being around him made me open open my own self up until even lyrically, because this record I made with Keith that I would never make on my own mm-hmm. until I got with Keith. To do it and do it good, it made me feel better and feel good about, you know, my craft and what I can do because it's something I probably wouldn't have done if I didn't have an influence. And, you know, sometimes you need other people who can be objective to what you're doing to show you, like, mm-hmm. put a mirror in your face almost. Like, I, you don't see yourself. Let me show you, and and then you can go take from that and mm-hmm. go where you got to go with it. Right. You know, so I, I think that's what Keith's, Keith's, Keith's um, intent is. I think it, it was, you know, I'm going to show you some things. And I'm going to... Put some gas in your tank now. Mm-hmm. You drive the car where mm-hmm. you know you want to drive it to. <laughs> right. Well, he's a you he's know. clearly a creative genius, and based on yeah. what you told me, I mean, from your pops introducing you to or taking you to <laughs> one of the most iconic hip hop artists in the history of of hip hop. <laughs> I mean, you know, talk about the original. You know, Mike Controller. I mean, that right there, Curtis Blow was was definitely the epitome Blue. of an MC. And then <laughs> somebody like uh, Lord Finesse, who obviously, you know, really was like the culmination of the 80s going into the 90s. And then, mm, yes. you know, obviously you mentioned working with an iconic engineer and producer, Doug Infinite. And you also mentioned... No ID. So what, what was what was the connection with No ID? They had a studio called J Chill. That was the name of the studio that I was going to. Mm. J Chill Records. Okay, okay. And they um, actually had a name called the Headhunters. Mm. Mm. <laughs> that was the and they had a third partner named Stacy. Shout out to Stacy. Mm-hmm. But they had a, 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 a it was three of them, and but they they think it was J Chill Records, and they were called the Headhunters. Nice. And they was like a producing team. No ID and uh, Doug M. Right. And they were working with a few other artists around there at the time. Just Roll, uh, of course, Common. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that's a group called Dead Poor Society, DPS. Some hip-hop guys in, in the area. And mm-hmm. um, DR, No ID had, when I, when I was, when I was coming around, the, the stuff with Common was taking off already. Mm-hmm. He had just, uh, won the thing in the Source magazine with uh, Relativity, the Unsigned Hype and all that. So mm-hmm. he was doing stuff with the beat nuts, was doing beats. Like they was, I'll be in the studio and dug in for tell me what, he just got the phone with Dion and, yeah, man, what Common is doing. Like, damn, who's the beat nuts? Who's the beat nuts? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, they wasn't really, stuff wasn't happening yet, but it was happening. So, I, like I said, I was, I was, I was, I was about, 
17 in at that time. Mm-hmm. And when that was going on, and because um, I've been coming around for a couple of years and um, just getting groomed and everything. But when that was going on, that was happening for Common and Dion, uh, Twilight Tone, and all of them were in New York, and they were recording that album, uh, Can I Borrow a Dollar? Mm-hmm. So I was, um, I was with uh, Give for Lot during that time, you know, just, you know, him and me coming, I'm coming by the studio, you know, my mom picked me up and dropped me off from over there, and, you know, he teached me how to do some things with, with ASR, and, you know, I was just learning. I was mm-hmm. just trying to learn as much as I can. And, nice. And, that's 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 how, you know, the relationship with me and Doug Infinite came about. And, and, and you know, I kind of moved. The, they the studio moved, and uh, Doug ended up opening a store in Forest City, a big mall in Chicago. And you know, everybody was growing and grooming. And I just kind of moved on with things and uh, and was doing my own thing for a while. And my, me and my group did uh, broke up because I had some. We had a deal that didn't work out with Arista and. I think my partner kind of did bother him and <laughs> bothered him to the mm-hmm. point he didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I know how it is. I know how yeah. it is. I, I, we went through the storm and um, a, a label, an independent label popped up in Chicago called uh, 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 Murder by Mike. I was doing like a stream of open mics and these guys um, picked me up. And oh, but Actually, before that, I was with a label called Infrared, another street label my boy, one of my guys was producing on. My producer's younger brother, Bug, my producer, DJ Fonz's brother, Bug, mm-hmm. brought me to that studio. That's where I met Kanye. That's where I met Fiasco. That's where I met Young Bird. A lot of other people, too, through there. Uh, that's where Count, L.E.P., and all those guys came about. Um, Ryan Seth. Like, it was a lot, mm-hmm. of, lot of people involved with Infrared at the time. And mm-hmm. um, it was a crazy time for Chicago. It, was, it, it wasn't really a stable wasn't really stability for for us like mm-hmm. as 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 a hub of MCs like you know guys were getting deals with different um artists and and crews and mm-hmm. clicks from different labels and stuff like that so it wasn't really a Chicago label where you know Chicago people was doing it for Chicago rappers and uh, it wasn't you know you had to sign with somebody and down south or sign with somebody in the west coast or sign with somebody in mm-hmm. New York, you know, but you a member from Chicago down with a crew of people from LA or a crew mm-hmm. of people from New York or a crew of people from down south. You know, it, it it could work, but you know, what about the people back home that right. they gotta keep 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 going and finding other bands and crews and clicks to get down with to get deals. So it was it was like crazy for us. It was like a bunch of free agents that's going to a bunch of different basketball teams. It's right. like you know, that that that's that's how it was and we ain't got we ain't got our own team. So it's like we need our own team, you know, so hopefully eventually it'll get to that point. A lot of a lot of my brothers in Chicago try, but it's just you know, we gotta we gotta get that part of it tight you know we gotta try to get it get it tight because it's, it's mad talented people there a lot of mad talented people you know i know a lot of the, the game unchanged with the new generation is still dope but there's still a lot of artists that get discouraged mm-hmm. and don't want to do nothing and you know don't want to really go as hard as they can because because of it so you know you gotta try to i'm trying to keep it moving so inspire some people to keep keep it keep it going keep doing something so I'm here. As long as I'm here, they here because I'm gonna speak about it. There you go. There are a lot of <laughs> a lot of casualties in the music industry. Yeah, a lot. I mean, I'm a survivor. 
I'm going to survive because, I mean, I've I seen a lot come and go. I've mm-hmm. seen a, a lot of them come and go, uh, mm-hmm. good ones. Mm-hmm. And, and, and casualties to real life. Mm-hmm. things like you know it's just it's just like that it's a, it's a blessing i've been able to survive this long and mm-hmm. and still and still create it's, i mean there was so many people around me I, I can remember once upon a time almost everybody i knew was making music right and a lot of those people they ain't not even around and let alone making music That's so right. i'm here to try to provide any type of Anything good that I can to help the next brother, the mm-hmm. next sister, the next, the next person. There's something to be said about perseverance. You know, I mean, there's a lot of roadblocks mm-hmm. out there, and it, there's something to be said about being able to get those and how it kind of makes folks that are able to do that stronger and also be in it for the long haul because there are a lot of people that blow up yeah. and easy come, easy go. So it's good to, you know, good to right. know that you're doing your thing, but you, you've been in the game for a minute. Talk to me a little bit about. For putting a record out with a French label. So if I'm not mistaken, Junkadelic okay. Music is in France, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, a French uh, record label. I was just pretty much about to be done with trying to shop and looking for labels and do my own thing. Mm-hmm. I went to the studio with Keith that week. We did that song, uh, Houdini. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because... I wanted the song, like I wanted a CD copy and go home and listen to it. He was like, no, 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 I'm going to send this out. And I'm like, send it out where? I'm like, send, let me send it out. I'm like, let me send it out and see what somebody thinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. You know, we do like two more records. So I'll let you take those. Mm-hmm. But this this one, I want to I wanna see something with it. So I'm like, oh, well, all right, whatever. So once he sent the record out, they got back to me and um, like through my email mm-hmm. because uh, the stu- the studio where we recorded the songs that we did two other records and the engineer, the guy named Joe, he 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 emailed those two records to my email and mm-hmm. um, when Junkadelic, uh, it was through my email. I guess they got my email from Joe. They sent me the email at and told me they were interested in doing a project with me and. Shit, I I was like, yo, <laughs> hell yeah, I want to do that. That was that was Keith doing. Like Keith sent that record, they liked it, they printed that record up on vinyl, mm-hmm. and they put a um, eight hundred the giant from uh, digging in the crates on the A side of that mm-hmm. record. They put me on the B side. So when that alone told me right there, okay, it's, now it's time. Like <laughs> now, now it's time to you know the door the door is open to just walk in. Like it's time to, it's time to to go through the door. Mm-hmm. So when when Junkadelic offered me the opportunity to, to to do some music, I actually have a budget to record and everything. That was the best thing that could have happened to me. Nice in New York because it was it was that time. It was that time, and it was it was. Really a blessing because I got a chance to reach for some of my people in Chicago to jump on the uh, Project Radiation joint, Rob Smooth and uh, JD and DJ Fonz and Sharkula and Raheem and Kanye. I got it was it was it was a blessing. Like you know, we all know each other. It was mm-hmm. cool for me to use Kanye on the on the uh, Kanye actually sent that. He sent he sent he sent those vocals to Bug and Bug sent them to Fahim. Nice <laughs> and Fahim. Fahim, cause we wanted to use them, and, it, and Fahim threw them on the on the. How can you say that record? Like right. the first joint on Project Radiation. So it was it was that that album that album mixtape is like a family 
mixtape almost because all of us are family. Junkadelic is addition to, to to my family in music. So by them uh, giving me that first deal to do that, I had to get them and put everybody on mm-hmm. it. And then the same at the same time when um we as we were doing radi- uh, radiation. I was also recording everything in the dark. I was doing I was doing both albums right at the, at the same time, pretty much. So, have you been out to uh, France yet? I, I I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. That's, I was. You know, it was crazy because this month is the month I was supposed to be traveling mm, out the country, right. <laughs> and I'm playing. I, I I was supposed to go to France and Japan this month, right? And it's those plans got blown out the window because of my legs so they got pushed back so hopefully sometime this summer i can make it make it over to france and Mm -hmm. um and japan i really want to get over there and do some shows because i got Mm -hmm. some fans over there because they've been you know the music been pumping over there i've seen it all video the uh the directors and the camera guys they came from france to shoot it they came out here to shoot the video for that nice. song. So that was that was super dope. I mean, they they all they knew me already, they knew music, they they love hip hop over there. So it's it's like I got a I got a little fan base over there. So it's like I gotta get over there. I gotta get over there and get a chance to do some shows and meet some of the people. You've been doing shows with Keith though for a while, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been rocking with Keith. So like, what are what are some Keith of the been, spots you've been to uh, with Keith? We did, uh, like I was saying earlier, we did upstate New York. We did uh, Chicago, uh, Promontory. We did uh, Boston at the Middle East we, with uh, DJ Frank White. We did uh, uh, Velvet Lounge, Long Island. We did uh, 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 Miami, uh, the Playwright. Joe's Pub out here in New York in Manhattan, a nice theater. I loved it. Nice. With a live band, Providence, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Summer, Rockaway Beach, we did this summer. That was a dope show. Nice. We were hanging out on the beach over there. Um, man, we just did a private show out in Lomel, Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, my man, Chris Lively. That was a super dope show. We ain't performed at like 2 in the morning. Wow. <laughs> but it was super dope. It was super dope. Shout out to them out here in, in Lomel. And then the last show... Before uh, before I got um, before I pet my sister passed was in uh, Atlanta. We were doing um, eight, the AC three fest. We just did that. Nice out in Atlanta. So Very everything nice. was yeah, everything was dope, man. It was we've been we've been knocking out stuff. Kung Fu necktie out in Philly. Um, um, yeah, man. Just stuff I can just think off the top of my head. But mm-hmm. yeah, we we knocked out a lot of shows. We knocked down a lot of shows. A lot of shows. Very but nice. I'm so I'm so fiending right now to get back on stage, man. I'm I'm like dying to get on anybody's stage to do something. You'll be in the mix. <laughs> You'll be in the mix in no time, man. So tell me tell me a little <laughs> bit about well, tell the folks that are listening a little bit about where they need to go to learn more about Dane Uno and direct it to, direct them to some music, like specific tracks or videos they should be checking out right now. I throw up songs on the low on YouTube all the time. Like that's 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 where you can get like the exclusive records. I and I don't I don't even care. I, if the song is if the 
all the records ain't like that. All the songs are all mastered and mixed, but sometimes I might throw a dirty basement version of something out there. I don't care because I know a lot of guys who don't have all the equipment. Right, right. <laughs> the guys, guys, so I throw something dirty out there. I don't care. Right. I got, I got other records that make up for it, but I got some records. Go to YouTube, Team First Music Group. That's my, that's my little thing, Team First. Team First Music Group, and you get all my records. I dropped a record, uh, Keep to me, dear Carl Alpo, the dope joint right there. My single right now, I was seeing it all. You got Dog Day, that's up. Anything you Google with my name, Dane Uno, pretty much go to uh, all my music, like all my records. I got a lot of records up right there. You can go to the band camps, Google Dane Uno, pull me up, and, and you, you pretty much gonna get everything you want to get right there. Top of my head, I can't, I, I can't really. Directors, I got so many songs. Man. There's a lot out there. There's a lot. There's a lot. We've covered a lot on Insomniac Magazine, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insomniac covered bad records, and and they all different. Like it's all the you got mm -hmm. some trap joints out there. You got some some underground joints. You got some some chicks for the girls. Like you got mm -hmm. you got different records. So it's like. Whatever you like, whatever the ones you like, and you know, I did the I did the record say goodbye for my sister. I really want people to check out because All right. that was that was that wasn't a record that I was like pushing for, you know, for any like uh, mm -hmm. uh, financial success. Anything right, that right. was just pretty much for my family and right. exposing what's going on in Chicago and, and and all over for that matter with gun violence and things of that nature. It was just something like that, and I wanted people to to see because. It was it was just crazy time for me, and I and I, I channeled that energy into the music. Like it was the only thing I could do. There you go to make my soul feel better. Mm -hmm. So you know that that record I made for everybody else. If you can use that record, use it. Like you know, if it can help you with whatever it helps anybody with. Like it it, it helped me just to make it, even though it made me cry a lot. It still helped mm -hmm. me to. And I got something. To cherish a memory that I created for her, you know, so and for, and for every, and to share with every, with the world. So I really wanted people to check that video out. If anything, check out the "Say Goodbye" video by Dane Uno. Check Welcome. that out. It's a tribute tribute to my sister that was that was murdered in in Chicago in 2017. So wow. And, uh, so I'm getting back in the groove though, everybody. I ain't let that stop me. I'm not letting it knock me. Don't think you can't mm -hmm. say what's up or hi or. I'm sorry, you know, it's all love. You know, we brothers and sisters out here. Mm -hmm. We only live once. Once people recognize that, it would be a better world. You so, got that right. You know, <laughs> that's all, man. I, I just want mm -hmm. to put that, put that in the air. Put that in the air real quick. You know, we, we all, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely approachable. Anybody can speak, we can talk. Anybody want to collab, do some work. Man, my, I got emails too. Dane One Tracks at Gmail. D A N E O N E T R A X at Gmail dot com. However you want to get out, that's how you can get at me. Nice. Thanks so much, Dane. It was awesome talking to you, man. I wish you all the best. And I have a feeling we'll be talking again soon. Yes, 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 brother. Indeed, sure. I'm I'm with it. I'm ready whenever. Man, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Is. Shout out to the Samuel Magazine, man. Y'all doing it big over there. Y'all looking out for artists like me, helping the hip-hop grow and keep growing. Y'all like water to the flowers, brother. Awesome, man. Thanks so much, man. Take care of yourself, man. You too, brother. Right. Peace. Peace. Peace.